0: All right, what is up and welcome back to another episode of the 48 Men Podcast. Today, my guest is one of my best friends from college and I'm super pumped to have this conversation today. He is one of the funniest people that I know and just, uh, uh, you know, growing up, it, it, it was always easier to rag him, but today is going to be uh, not an episode of me ragging one of my friends. This is gonna, it's going to be an episode where we just talk about life and stuff that we've gone through. So Sage Ledbetter, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited.
0: Say so, do you know how much I love you? Yeah, I love you too. <laughs> I had this idea of I was thinking of a fun fact about you and I was wanting to see if we could if if we both said the same thing. So think of what potential fun fact that I could be thinking of about you and see if we say the
1: same thing. It's gonna be my longest field goal. I've got the longest field goal in the state of Alabama.
0: That is, ex- I have longest HS standing for high school, FG yeah. standing for field goal. Read down on my yeah. paper.
1: Yeah, that right. was it. We'll explain that
0: because even when we joined our fraternity, was it wasn't that your fun fact when we joined when we joined the fraternity?
1: Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, that's hilarious. You remember that? Yeah.
0: I I I, I, to, I knew I I do remember that. Okay, well, well ex- explain ex- no. <laughs> I don't want to share about the podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh share share with us that story and and how you you know, you do actually have the longest high school field goal in Alabama still to this day.
1: Yeah, so uh we were playing Smith Station um and it was right before the half and they were backed up on their their end zone and they it was a fourth down they had to punt the ball and our coach was like and i didn't know about the rule at the time but he said um he said we're gonna he told the ref we're gonna kick a free kick which by rule a free kick so when you tell them you can only do it after a punt at the end of the half and at the end of a game and so what happens is you fair catch the ball wherever they fair catch it then you set the ball down in a kickoff block line up as a kickoff and kick the ball through the uprights. Everybody's like kick off, kick off, return, and kick it through the uprights, and it's a it counts as three points.
0: There you go. And and, yeah. and you have and you have the longest one.
1: Yeah, sixty-one yards. So I mean, if you really look at it, it's not that impressive because <laughs> from the forty-yard line, which is in high school where you kick it off normally, to the end zone is sixty yards. So I mean, the amount of people that like my job is to kick it into the end zone. You know. So if you think about it like the field goal was, you know, just a normal everyday kickoff.
0: Yeah, but there's different. Yeah, but it's different if you have like cause you you don't you don't get as long of a you know, as long as a stride to kick it and you don't have defenders sprinting at you so it's not really like a time situation either though.
1: Yeah, it's it's really a weird situation because it's kind of hard to aim with a kickoff and like, you know, kick it through and I actually missed the first one. I got two attempts on it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, okay, so you're so you have the longest high school field goal record with but but you have two attempts to do it
1: i had to attempt well it's hilarious did you I mean, shank the, guy, the first one yeah no i didn't shank it i actually bombed the first one to the right okay uh and and it was like and i was like because i was like can i make this i have no idea how far it was my judgment was off and i went up there stroked it and it <laughs> went over the uprights to the right I was like, oh, cake, I got this. And so I uh I walked up there and I just aimed at the left upright and it went in and everybody went crazy. They're like, what?
0: did you did you play any other positions in high school or did you just kick?
1: No, I I literally didn't do anything. And I wish I did because I felt like Well you were fast Auburn, enough
0: and quick enough to yeah.
1: Yeah, when I went to Auburn, they did move me to receiver. Yeah. And so I had to learn how to run a route with Eli Stove and yeah. you know those type of beast
0: you know what i'm saying yeah yeah well i i that that is where i'm wanting to go because i know you know if you're listening sage did go end up playing go go to play football at auburn um as a kicker and uh you know you um did not get to play maybe as much as you would have liked to have Um, but i think i think what's super cool about you is you're you're a super committed person so whatever you do You know, it's very hard. It's very hard for you to get off of like an idea or to something because you're you're you just don't have a like a quitting mentality. And I can just think all throughout college, as many times as everyone said, Sage, you should just give it up. You know, (laughs) just from the standpoint of like uh, whether it's hanging out or just trips or whatever, you were very like, you know, you were bound to to the football team and to practicing and to games and traveling and all that kind of stuff. So. You know, I, I really want to ask you, like, for people listening who, you know, maybe can just be kind of flippant with stuff, and you know, if they don't enjoy it, they just kind of quit or give it up. But with for you, when, when you went to go play football at Auburn, what made you stick it out for those four years? And because because you, you played four, didn't you? Because you you yeah, weren't there with yeah. COVID. Yeah, I, I, for some reason, I was, I was thinking maybe COVID made you play another year, but they didn't. Uh, but yeah. So for your four years, what made you really, you know, stick it out and not quit or not give up? Because I know that was your dream to go play there.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, it was a really hard experience for me and it was really difficult. I mean, throughout the entire time, all of the workouts, I mean, I was with you guys and then, so I was balancing a, a life with y'all and with football and in school and it was a lot to keep up with. Which you, and definitely, you,
0: you, you didn't really balance school too much.
1: <laughs> no, 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 I didn't balance school. You can't throw school yeah. in there. Yeah. We, uh, you know that cause we live together. So you know how much I studied, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was, I'm, I've never been a quitter, you know? So I think yeah. that was a big deal to me is I, I really care about what people think about me and maybe to a fault sometimes. And so I think just, I was, it was never a question. I wasn't just, I wasn't going to quit. They were going to have to kick me off or that, like I was going to finish. And I think there's a lot to be said about that. Like, it really sucked those four years, a lot of the times. Yeah. I mean, my senior year, when they did, I I was the holder. So I got to hold the ball. And that was my claim to fame, which yeah. is not much to hold on to. But for me, it, it was a lot because hey, you were on, on mean, that
0: field every day.
1: I was on that every field. Day. And exactly. And it was fun to go travel. And there's a lot of behind the scenes things with college that people don't know about. Like, there's a lot of levels to achievements that are big deals to us and to college athletes, but to a regular bystander they have no idea about. Um, And so just being able to go out there, they they tried to take it away from me after the first game. I held it against Oregon and Dallas, did everything fine. And then they were like, we're going to give this scholarship guy an opportunity. And I went and I had to go talk to on. I was like, hey, I've busted my butt for three years. You know, this is my fourth year. I'd love the opportunity to hold the ball. I haven't messed up. I performed in against Oregon, you know, and he was like, "You're right. We're gonna give you the sh- give you the thing back." But it's like it's to that level. It was, it was just a lot of difficult things. But I'm really proud looking back. I think I hold on to that, you know.
0: Yeah. So, do you think if you didn't have that confrontational moment, that you would have like that you wouldn't have held it again throughout the year? If I didn't have the competition, no, the like, no, no, the like the confrontation.
1: Oh yeah, if I didn't have it, they were they weren't gonna put me back. Yeah, because
0: because I mean, I think sometimes we think like. Oh, well, but sometimes you actually do have to take matters in your own hands and be like, no, I'm actually going to go, you know, vie for oh, myself. Yeah. I'm actually going to go put myself out there and, you know, have a confrontation moment and not be, you know, not be a jerk, but really put myself out there and, and say like, hey, no, I think that I deserve it. Because I think sometimes, you know, we just don't let ourselves do that because we don't want to, you know come off yeah. as rude or whatever, but it's like, no, if, well, if, if you didn't have that conversation with Malzon, then you might have never seen the field again and you probably, probably would have regretted that for the rest of your life. Yeah, but I mean, I do think that's something that we, you know, sometimes can undervalue is that idea of actually being confrontational with things because, like you said, if you didn't go talk to Malzon after that game, then you might not have gotten to see the field again for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't have and that's, and I think it meant a lot to Malzahn that I did go and talk to him and kind of stood up for myself. So, I mean, I definitely wasn't a jerk by all means. You know, I, I have a healthy respect for the leadership above me, but at the same time, like being a preferred walk-on, you have to, you have to hold your own, you know what I'm saying, yeah. Um, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. well, I could, even, I could even think of stories when we lived together and you would be late to practice. <laughs> and you would have i can't remember like what was the number of burpees you had to do that one day for being late to late to late to the workouts
1: yeah i had the it was like a known thing i had the worst punishment ever during my four years uh it was like because i was the guy that was there and never really like i say this humbly i never really struggled through the conditioning i was you know i'm slimmer i just like i wasn't really like i wasn't bigger i didn't struggle running it was fine it came naturally easy to me so coach, when he got a chance, when our strength and conditioning coach got a chance to break me, he tried his hardest. So I did, I was late for two minutes, by two minutes, twice. The first time I did 800 burpees. Okay. And that was it. And I was like, all right, not terrible. It sucked. Won't happen again. Well, that was my sophomore year. My junior year, I was late by two minutes, one more time. And he, so I the first time I did 800, 800 burpees, free hint, like free without a whistle on my own pace. Okay. I just needed to count them and get them done. The second time I did 800 burpees on the whistle. So on his whistle where he's like up down, you know, blowing the whistle at me. Yeah. And and then he told me, go grab, go grab your suit, which is your sweatsuit. And I had a board and I had this two by four and I had to line up horizontally. So going to 55 yards across and I had to push it across down and back seven times. I had 17 minutes and he said, "If you don't make it, you're cut." And I dang,
0: I didn't know he said that you were cut if you didn't make it.
1: Oh, I yeah, I, re- I remember dead. that
0: story, but I I don't, I don't remember him saying that.
1: Yeah, and he and even after I made it, I still had to go meet with the walk on coach because he was saying that the strength and conditioning coach wanted to cut me either way, and they were like, no. But like they just that's just how they are. They just you know walk ons you can leave, but scholarship if you're there, I mean you can pretty much. We had guys that were late every workout. They did 50 burpees and that was that.
0: So they were just trying to make an example out of you.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's a, like, I'll put it this way. The pride that you have for f- graduating a walk-on and graduating a scholarship player, they're not comparable. Like what we go through compared to what they go through, it's not the same.
0: So Yeah. Well, because I mean, I think even like, you know, like you said that, like those moments where like that reality of after you do those burpees, that can either make you you know, want to quit or give up or can make you want to, you know, like, like kind of in a prideful, but almost just like in a, you know, like taking pride in yourself, not really being prideful, but more so just being like, no, I'm going to bow up and I'm going to go get it done because, you know, you're not going to make me quit just because you don't want to, don't don't want me to be here kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I I learned a lot of valuable lessons. I mean, don't be late. It never looks good, you know? So, I mean, you know, I definitely took a hard punishment, took it on the chin, but I mean, yep. I felt like that's part of, of man being a man, you
0: know. No, for sure. Well, so throughout college, you know, we were super close freshman year. We didn't live together freshman year, but uh, we got to live yep. together sophomore year and junior year, and we 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 both went through a bunch of seasons together of um, some healthy stuff, but also some unhealthy stuff. I'll, I'll talk. I'll say sophomore year, um, you know, when you were addicted to Fortnite, I was uh, I was going through my uh, unhealthy eating habit phase. Um, and then junior year, uh, we'll, we'll kind of get into that. We'll, we'll get into junior year in a little bit, but but sophomore year, um, you know, for you, because like you said, you had school, you had friendships, you had uh, football, you had so much stuff going on, then you even had work. How do you feel like throughout college you, you were intentional about pursuing your relationship with God?
1: I think uh, freshman year, uh, it was a culture, I mean, I just, I think our friend group was just abnormally awesome. Yeah, uh, sure. We had a really great group of guys that were just solid. And so it was for us, you know, you know this. I mean, we just that freshman year, all the, our entire college experience, it was cool to go to church. You know, like that yeah. was what we did. Like it wasn't a question if we were going to miss church or not. Like we all wanted to be at ACC there uh, worshiping the Lord. It was a normal thing for people to uh, do their quiet time, see it during the week. And so it was really encouraged. I mean, for me, I was always naturally encouraged by just the people I surrounded myself with. So it was never like I really went through a phase where I fell off, um, super bad. I would say I fell off one time at the end of my freshman year when I was coming by myself, but then I ended up living with Xander that year and he came back from China. And that was kind of this, he like kind of sat me down and like, talked to me and was like, brought me back to, uh, reality and was like, Hey, you need to pick it back up. So, yeah.
0: Do you, do you remember how many arguments we got in over Fortnite?
1: <laughs> that was, it was, you know, and I, in my defense, it was, uh, it was not me. It was our other roommate. It was, you know, he was definitely the Fortnite guy. And then, uh, and then I was just sitting there with them, you know, and you were, you studied, you took school pretty seriously.
0: I did, yeah, I did, I, I did take school You were seriously. very
1: serious about school and I was not.
0: Which was so funny cause there was like, we had so many levels of like, Hollis was super, super smart, but never yeah. really had to study. Yeah. I was like middle, like I was like, not, not the smartest, but I just like worked super hard. And, careful you, <laughs> and, and you were just like only doing football. And you were like, "Yeah, just whatever happens, happens. I don't really <laughs> care."
1: Oh, I—I I mean, I remember I got—I got away with college. So, I mean, you know the stories I have. Yeah, yeah. You know, but,
0: but I'm saying it's funny because now you're like super, super successful.
1: Well, I mean, school is never my thing, but I was always working during like college. Yeah, for that sure. I don't, th- you know. So I was—I knew how to make money. You know, that was my talent. I would say, I, like, I was like, I like being my own boss I never or I worked for somebody or did something you know yeah school was just yeah I was there
0: no but it it was just funny because you would be like this is just an example of of like sage like let's say let's say we're hanging out tonight and then you're like oh shoot I have a test tomorrow morning like the norm like somebody else would be like oh I should probably go study but you would be like well at this point it doesn't really matter
1: yeah yeah yeah. no I didn't I, I didn't study I did not uh, I've got some hilarious – you remember the story about me walking into that 50-question true or false? No, I don't remember test? that. You don't remember this. It Well, was I, I, mean,
0: I I remember the true-false test, but I don't remember, like, what happened before it the ju- Our
1: years. junior year, you know, when you were really studying your tail off, I was not going to class. And I was, I was dating Maggie at the time. So I'd go and, you know, football, they made us leave our phones in the room. Or we had to have our phones to make sure we go to class. Uh-huh. What well, I'd, I'd go and put my phone outside on a picture frame. I remember frame. that. No,
0: you I, you put, know, and you, you put it in. You'd put it in the, in the bushes.
1: Yeah, and so they'd think I'm there, and I'd just leave, and I would go do whatever. And I would. Uh, so I went into this business law class, and I they were having a test. I had no idea, and I walked in there and fifty true or qual- true or false questions. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I was already 15 minutes late. I got 50
0: percent chance of getting it right.
1: I said, well. We're just going for it. So I said, su- I did all true. And I just handed it right back to him and said, have a good day. And then I walked back out and I went to class the next day to see how bad I did. i made in a 90, 96. <laughs> he had had two false answers on there. And I told you that story and you were like, this is crazy. I remember you know? that now.
0: But that's yeah. what I'm saying like stuff like that. Like I, if, if that was me in that, in that situation, I would have studied for because I'm I'm always like super in my head, especially when I take tests. Like when I would take tests and stuff like that, I would have studied for days and I would have been so in my head of like every forty-eight of these questions I have put true. I'm like, there's no way that that, that is accurate. <laughs> but you're just like, you know, whatever. And then it's like you get a ninety six, then it's like you don't study, you did not know there was a test, you're late, and then you probably did better than three three fourths of the class.
1: Literally. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was not what I would advise anybody to do. I would, t- I'm definitely gonna make my kids do better.
0: No, for sure. Well, I want, <laughs> well, you know, cause like I said, we went through uh sophomore year together and then, um, you know, junior year, me and Sadie started dating, you and Maggie started dating. Um, and our junior year was really cool. Cause you know, sophomore year it was me, you and another roommate, Hollis. And then we went to junior year where it was like nine of us in this house together, which is awesome. Cause it was, you know, it was nine solid dudes. It wasn't like, yeah, yeah, we weren't living in like a crazy house where we had parties all the time. It was just, you know, it was a super, super awesome situation. And we ended up going through the Freedom Group series um, yeah. that the Highlands did. And I, 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 cause I, w- I want to talk about this cause in throughout all of college, you were always super practical with, um, you know, situations of like if I'm struggling with something, you know, and if I wanna, you know, eradicate it or whatever, I'm gonna do some kind of like drastic, you know, some kind of drastic consequence to help uh you know, to help to help me stop doing this. So for instance, like with like pornography, right? Throughout throughout our Bible study, I can remember you and you being in situations of like, you know, me, Harrison and Paul, of like, if I watch pornography, like I have to pay them like five hundred dollars. <laughs> and that was a joke. but it's just so funny because yeah. like i mean like even methods like that i can remember like in college like and me and you talked about this like i'm like look like i don't really necessarily even like you know agree with that but for you it's working so you know can can, yeah. can you kind of like sh- shed a little bit on like you know practical ways that you did because even like with jeweling of like you know with vaping and stuff of like if i do whatever like I don't get this for like a week and then you know so, so, so stuff like that how do you feel like putting like practical steps into place helped you just kind of like fight against stuff that you were struggling with in college
1: yeah I mean I think it starts with like our friends you know and I mean Jackson Paul and Harrison I mean I remember that was it was sophomore year when that was started it was initiated by Jackson and it was a big and I remember that was a big deal for us um, just because, I mean, since this day, I, mean, I still haven't looked at it.
0: You yeah. haven't
1: watched pornography. And it's been something that really like took. I mean, I didn't really struggle with it too bad um, in my freshman year just because I was so busy. I would say that I was just constantly doing stuff. So I wasn't I, you know, when I'm busy, I'm not really thinking like that. And then, um, and I always was met with temptation whenever I was by myself, but that sophomore year when we initiated that with our friends, I mean, that was the end of it for me. And that was a big deal because my friends were kept me accountable, but then also like, I didn't want to pay them that money. You know, I didn't have that type of money really. I was just trying to, um, but we always, we always thought it was really fun to do stuff like that, but it was, it was a great way. I think it was a great way for us to, stay practical and say all right let's be open about it in our own way and let's really try and beat this so um yeah would you feel like over time like having
0: because you know because i do think that to beat something like that you know there has to it's 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 like affection, right like there has to be more affection like for god than 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 to look at you know pornography um and to really defeat that it's more of just like do I desire like what do I desire more right so i want to desire this more than i desire this um so how do you feel like over time you know putting practical because i would say like you know if i'm going to pay you this much money to like not do something like it it maybe doesn't necessarily start with the heart but it can get there of like over time like the lord's like softening you in that so how do you feel like over time you know not watching it just you know, maybe because you don't want to pay someone a couple hundred dollars that you felt like God working on your heart, like in that time, in that time period.
1: Yeah. I think there was a lot, uh, there was a lot that had to come together for it to really resonate with me and sit in and become who I am today. Cause I think like one of the things that has transitioned, I mean, it's really difficult. I would say, I mean, I'd say the devil's really good at tempting us, uh, us men into sure. doing things like that, you know? Uh, even married men still, you know, we, it doesn't go away, you know? And I think that it becomes kind of like who you are. And so I think God has to transform your heart. And there's a lot of like little things that went into that specific time. And I think it was God's path. I mean, the $500 bet was really kind of just like the ticker. And then from there, it's like, my heart was slowly transformed because like I said, our friend group, we would go to church on Sundays. It was who was around. It was constant encouragement. It was constant, like no, know, constantly knowing this is not what you're supposed to be doing. And so that $500 bet was kind of like the start. But yeah. I do think, like, like I say, I say this to some people because they're like, we like to work out, right? Some people would be like, oh, I want to go work out. For instance, Hollis, for instance, he's into working out sometimes, and then sometimes he's not, you know. And uh, but he's he's very like he can be wishy-washy with yeah, it's yeah, wavy. it. Yeah. But, but I tell them, I'm like, for me, like I feel that way, but I'm not going to like, it's a constant battle for me. There's some days where I just don't want to go to the gym, but I feel like I know I have to, you know, it's kind of like who I am. And yeah. I feel like that's the same thing where you have to like, it is, it becomes a part of who you are. You don't look at pornography. You're a man of God. Um, you start leading people. You're, you know what I'm saying? So it's like who you are. It's not like, pornography is a, is a, is a fruit. It's not the root. You know what okay. I'm saying? So you have to fix the root before you can go and take, you know, so.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm thinking of a funny story that has to do with, um, our freedom group series and jeweling. Um, oh, can you, can you specifically think of, of, of what situation I might be talking about?
1: I mean, are you talking about like every time we pray, I'd consens- consistently, jewel? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so- sort of. So I th- so we had, we had this one moment where, you know, all of us and I were sitting on the couch, you know, we had, we had had like worship going, we, we had just gone through the study or whatever. And you had had this, like, you had had this like confessional moment of like, you know, guys, I really want to give this up. You know, I really, I really feel bad about it. I really, because, because you and like, you know, because y'all would get to a point where, you know, and trust me, I've had, I, I had my fair amount of jewel hits as well. Uh, never owned one, but I, but I, I would always bum them off a friend. Um, but you would like remember? Remember, you would go like throw them in the pond, and then you'd be driving on on the road. Then you'd go buy another one.
1: Oh, I, I mean, I literally back when jewels were like a hundred bucks, I'd go throw it in the pond and go buy another the next day. Now I look at them in the gas station; they're like nineteen ninety nine or nine ninety nine.
0: You um, yeah, you were addicted before before the price came down. But you had <laughs> yeah. this moment at Bible study where you were like, "Look, guys, I really want to quit this." You know, this like confessional, like repentance moment. <laughs> and uh you had like kind of shared all this and then you had stopped and then like right after you had said it you like pull your jewel out of your pocket and then you hit it but it was <laughs> <laughs> and i think connor king was like uh sage you just hit your jewel <laughs> oh that's definitely something but it got to your point but it was like it was just funny because it wasn't like a conscious like you know what i'm saying you weren't thinking about it it just got to where you were like that just became like a habit kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No,
1: yeah. I mean, juuling was terrible. I mean, I'm so thankful that I've dropped all nicotine. So I, I have been nicotine free for two years now. And it, uh, it was by far, I tell these people, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Stopping nicotine. Cause yeah. that jewel, that jewel, got me so addicted.
0: And, and you were in a, in a relationship that I I I can, I can't see Maggie wanting to put up with that.
1: Oh, she did not. Yeah. Yeah. She really encouraged me to stop. And that was the final, that was eventually that was what I didn't want to be. I mean, I didn't want to be 40 years old with kids juuling, you know, let me go get a pack of pods, you know, yeah. and that's just not who I wanted to be. So no, yeah, that's,
0: that's, that's usually not a good look. (laughs) (laughs) When you see like the middle-aged man in the gas station buying uh, a vape. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no hate or shame, but that's just, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, we we wanted to quit that earlier before before we got into our uh our uh, upper ages.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was a college thing that that could have easily and has turned for many people to pass college, you know, sadly. Yeah,
0: for sure. Well, I want to talk to you about um you know, you you're you're married now, you ended up marrying your college sweetheart, so to speak. Um you uh the first time you saw Maggie, you fell in love with her. Um how do you feel like, you know, throughout your college, whenever you and Maggie started getting serious, how do you feel like y'all's relationship and then kind of moving towards marriage? How do you feel like one, how did you really pursue her in college? And how do you feel like she helped grow your faith, um, throughout college going through stuff that we were all going through, you know, whether it was, uh, pornography or jeweling or vaping or whatever, how do you feel like she helped you in that time? And how do you feel like you still pursued her? Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, you're right. I saw my wife and I was like instantly obsessed with her and pursued her forever and finally convinced her to date me. Like it took a while. End of our sophomore year. It took her. It took like two years. Yeah. yeah and, and it still, you know, it took a long time of convincing her that she still should be dating me while she was dating me. But I got it and, and I married her. So like now I'm like, I won. Yeah.
0: You know? Not, uh, not, yeah not, now hopefully you're not convincing her to stay married to you no
1: yeah no 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 now it's now we're good to go and she's like you, you know so but um but no she Maggie has always been very solid in her faith and she took it very seriously so she went to a Christian school uh, high school growing up and I think that had a lot to do with it so she knew her just uh, her Bible knowledge just a lot of that was was there and so that was always a part of her life um a lot more than it was mine. And so as we started dating, um, it kind of was a constant conversation for us and a constant encouragement. Um, and I'd say this, I mean, this is a pretty, I mean, this is a pretty interesting topic, but I mean, pretty much there is at some points and there's some relationships where I, like, I will say Maggie and I, I mean, at some point Maggie kind of led me almost because I was just, was not mature enough, you know, and I was not mature in my faith. And she was there. She showed up, you know, and she was there to kind of push me. And she did that multiple times throughout our college uh, career. And I think that was a lot of why and who I am today is because of what she, uh, her constant encouragement. So,
0: yeah. Well, that was the cool thing in college, you know, because we, I mean, me and you lived together in that kind of limbo phase of, you know, you were, <laughs> you were head over heels in love and she was like, not really sure, but yet you kept you know you kept showing up you kept being present you kept being there um how do you feel like you stayed in that posture of look maybe she doesn't like me but hopefully one day she will i'm just going to
1: keep pursuing her um i mean i just was like i
0: you were just bound and determined
1: if you yeah if you ask her she was like i didn't like you but if you ask me i felt like she did so maybe it was like I was clueless and just took little clues and, or like took little moments and held on to them to get me to the next time we hung out. But I could have sworn, you know, from the first time we met, I mean, we just had like a different relationship. And yeah. it was we'd always hang out like forever. I mean, we'd hang out till 1 a.m. just talking, you know, yeah. just driving around talking. And I mean, so either she led me on really well. Or, you know, I mean, I was just clueless. Well, it's
0: funny. It's funny you bring up those little, like the little clue parts, because I can remember she would like ask you to like pick her up from class or something. And you would be like, I I really think she's into
1: me. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'd talk to you about it when we were going to the gym and stuff. I was like, I mean, uh, and I would always text her and be like, hey, let's go get ice cream or something. Or purposely read her messages so that she would, you know, so it look cool. Yeah, that type of stuff. <laughs> the
0: yeah. type the type of like middle school stuff that we were doing in college.
1: <laughs> yeah, stuff I'm really embarrassed, but I can laugh at now, you know. Yeah, it's hilarious.
0: Now that you uh, now that you have a ring on it, you can laugh about it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, all throughout I mean, all throughout our friendship, you know, if I think about people who are just like naturally servant people. Like, you're you're one of the first people I think about. From a standpoint of, like, if I have a flat tire, if I'm struggling with something, like, you would go out of your way to go help somebody? Like, you're just naturally just a, you know, you, you just nat- naturally have a heart to serve. How do you feel like you, like, what do you feel like you've learned um, being in marriage and serving your wife ver- versus serving, um, you know, a stranger or friendships or whatever? How do you feel like you've kind of adapted to, serving your wife's needs and, um, and just all that yeah. marriage stuff.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for the kind words. You've been hyping me up a lot. Uh, I'll hype you up here too. Uh, I feel like you were the same way, but, uh, no, I mean, I think it's taken a lot of learning, uh, it was a big learning curve for me because, you know, you can be serving your wife and providing this love that you feel like you're doing, you know, and she may not be receiving it the way that you think you're giving it, you know? Yeah. And sure. so uh, figuring out how to like correctly serve her in a way that she would receive it in that way. Um, loving her was something that was new for us um, because we were spending so much time now together. Cause we, you know, we were, we were dating, but we didn't, I mean, we didn't live together. So the first, that after we got married, that was our first time where we, had spent all, you know, we're, that was, a, that was a start. Now we've spent all this time together. And so it took a lot of learning, but I mean, I feel like um, serving her is easy. She's not hard to serve. So I think that's a big part. Like part of it is she's not needy, you know? And so there's little things that I do. I mean, just the little stuff that um, that I can do for her, that'll make, that'll go a long way. And I really enjoy it because what I found is when I serve her, i fall more in love with her so it's a, it's a good thing so
0: yeah what do you feel like you've learned the most in marriage uh
1: how to be selfless that is by far the biggest thing it is not about me um it is about us it is about him it is about god you know it's not something that we can um like you know i would say that just every every bit of flesh in our body is telling us and trying to convince us that this life is about us. And so it's kind of a constant walk and a constant, like you have to constantly, you know, check yourself and understand that, you know, you have to be selfless in everything. Yeah. So,
0: no, so good. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I interviewed one of my friends a couple of weeks ago and we had talked about how it really is at times it's more difficult to, you know, serve our family, serve our wife than it is to, you know, serve a friend or to serve, you know, a stranger or whatever. How do you, do you feel like, like, do you feel like at times that can be true for you as well?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I feel like you can put a mask on. A lot of people can put this mask on in front of others and say, you know, and, and be this certain character that they want them to think about, but then come home and they're a completely different person. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that can go, That that's, I definitely have fallen victim to that too. You know, with work, being, being a leader, being a boss, and then coming home and, you know, try, you know honestly slacking off just wanting to get on my phone, sit there and not say anything, not be present, not ask about her day, you know, stuff like that, that I've fallen, you know, and I've noticed. So,
0: yeah. Well, I know that you're a disciplined, um, you know, four 30 AM, uh, workout person. How do you feel like, well, wh- well, one, what are you really doing right now with fitness? And how do you feel like, like having those times in the morning, one really help shape, you know, kind of your day throughout, whether it's, you know, feeling close to God and really just being a good husband and being a good friend? How do you feel like those morning times when you're going to the gym? How do you feel like that kind of discipline there helped shape the rest of your day? Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I, I, I wasn't always a 430 person. I was like a 6 a.m. guy, which is still and, early. Well, man. When I-, Six,
0: I mean, when I see, if I, I worked out at I left the house at 620 yesterday and it was brutal. Like I, uh, that's just too early for me. So I, I, I really, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you. I, I commend you for the 4:30. But yeah, I used to do six, which either one is still way too early for me. So you can get to do. Well,
1: uh, you could do it if you had to, because I mean, I would. I used to be six, and then I'd work out till about 7:15, and then go to work by eight. You know. Yeah. And now, you know, it, what it would slack there is the fact that I didn't have a quiet time. Yeah. So what? I wasn't making time for to be with the Lord. And so what would happen and what I found was like, I just got to man up and I've got to put that time in there. Cause I'd always be like, Oh, I'll do it during my lunch break. Or, Oh, I'll do it, you know, after work, it never happened, it never you happens. know? And so, yeah. And it's like, always like, if you don't do it right then and there, you know, you're not going to do it. And so that's what, um, I really had to prioritize that. Cause I would, I, I was like, I'm just going to wake up earlier. Like I'm gonna sacrifice my sleep and my time so that I can be with the with, with God, and so that was what I did. I bumped it up to 4:30, um, five, and so I'm able to work out till 6:15, get to actually do my quiet time at my office when no one's there, and so I'm able to come home, shower, and then leave and do my quiet time from seven to eight. Yeah, and so that was why, and so yeah.
0: What time do you go to bed when you do that?
1: 10 same i mean I, I i still i don't need a lot of sleep i found that so i've been doing it for about a year now and so uh i, I you know
0: yeah well, just wait just wait till you have a kid i wonder if you'll still be saying that after that
1: i'm determined to still work out at 5 a.m that's what my my goal uh, and i because i'm kind of like aware of how difficult the sleep is you know which i heard you wake up you know, you woke up with Sadie and were there every time she got up, which I think is crazy. That's true.
0: I did. I did. Yeah, um is but at the same time I was also slightly more annoyed than Sadie was in those moments, which I needed to work on. Uh she yeah. was she was a lot more nurturing and uh, you know, caring. And I was just a lot more just make the bottle, just police for the love, stop crying kind of <laughs> kind of more harsher <laughs> approach, which I uh, I do not recommend. But I do think that like even for you, like if, if you want to continue that, because you know, we're building a house right now and you know, we're about to have a second baby in the next couple of months. And I'm like, if I really do want to keep up, you know, maybe with working out super early in the mornings, like it's going to benefit me to have something at my house, you know, rather than driving, you know, 15, oh, yeah. 20 minutes to the gym and then working out, and whatever. Like, I do think that like having something at my house is going to help me more in those moments of like, you know, not getting a lot of sleep or waking up super early or maybe needing to sleep in because the baby was crying all night, but
1: yeah, it's definitely a different
0: experience for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, as you're, as we grow and as our lives change, I mean, our priorities shift. And so I'm aware, you know, if the, you know, if the baby needs me at five, you know, that's where I'm going to be, you know, uh, curls aren't over my child, you know what I'm saying? so. uh, I'm trying to think of uh, a funny
0: slogan you can say for that. Uh, i'll have to maybe think about that but be yeah. hilarious we'll think we'll, uh, we'll think of a funny one but yeah, know it, yeah. it is like i mean but, but then again i know people like you know that having a baby hasn't changed their workout habits at all like like nick bear for instance like when i talked to him like nothing nothing that he does changes like he still runs at five thirty every morning no matter how long or not long his baby sleeps and i'm like that is I think that shows a lot of strength. It's very admirable. Wife. Are you, you know, shows, Are you saying I'm weak? Is how is that what you're saying?
1: No, I'm saying I'm saying it, you know every man who gets to work out like that, you know, there's definitely a strong wife in the background just like, you know, oh, being selfless sure. and 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 doing the mom stuff, which, you know, by the way, you asked what fitness stuff I'm doing. I'm doing Nick Bear's program. I've done uh I've done actually four of his programs this year have you really uh, yeah well i ended a few early um but like i did the strong one you know yeah and i did the go one more we just did that and i just started this week the cut program um and it's yeah, i like it a lot what I you like it stuff.
0: what you what are you trying to cut to you don't you don't have you don't need to cut
1: i, I think I've, it's more of like uh Like I'm kind of to a weight where I want to gain, maybe like now. Brad now
0: Bradley could use the cutting portion, but I don't think you could use the cutting portion.
1: Well, and Bradley Bradley is as I mean, you want to talk about a strong man, a freak. He he will sit there and do more pull ups. He'll do he could probably he'll knock out thirty pull ups in a row at three times, like set wise. I mean he and he's two hundred twenty pounds bending the bar and he is like repping them out. So I mean. You know, I'm just trying to get to the, like I'm trying to get to the level of like have this you know the stamina, but then it'd be like a little cut, you know. Because I, I know you
0: shared a little bit you know last time we talked, but what what are your goals right now that, that you're trying to work
1: towards? Uh, I'm trying to get 315 on bench. I think that was something that I did back in college, and I'm trying to get that. And um, I'm, I mean, I'm really close, but I'm trying to get a lot of the, the big number that I want to hit is 315 on bench, and then do 100 pull ups uh, for in three sets. You you follow uh you follow his name is uh it's uh Cameron Haynes is is True at Haines yeah True at Haines yeah I I, I mean, yeah I don't I don't follow him
0: but I keep up with his stuff it's pretty crazy. have you seen
1: you know all the stuff so like he'll get into these little like he's get he'll get into these things like he did pull ups and so he was like a pull up push
0: ups in like five minutes or something like that
1: yeah and yeah, then something. and then now he's on dips So, yeah. he's doing like a thousand dips a day stuff like that I mean he's doing insane or he's doing you know. 415 weighted dips. Yeah. So I think there's a lot to be said in like body weight exercises. So I'm trying to grow in that aspect. Is
0: he your inspiration?
1: I wouldn't say he's my inspiration, <laughs> but I do look at him like, because he'll randomly go run a marathon without training. You yeah.
0: Know, no, he's, all, no, he's, yeah. He's, he's definitely unique for sure. All that to me is a mental, yeah. that's just mental strength. Yeah.
1: You know, it, like and, that,
0: and, and he's done an ultra.
1: Yeah. Like he's, miles. he's just legit. Yeah. I mean, he's, He's a real deal. And I'd love, you know, that have you heard David Goggins talk and he's like that little voice and you hear it and it's like, it's like you hear it and it's like, you should go run right now. You should go run. Or like, Oh, if you're running right now and you're only supposed to run two, but you want to, but that voice is like, we should run five. Uh-huh. Your body will immediately shut it down. But I feel like, uh, like I want to learn to be able to attack that voice. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can, but I can see you listening to David Goggins. He, oh my gosh, he's, yeah. he's usually not someone I gravitate towards, but, uh, I, I I appreciate the people who do find inspiration
1: in in his stuff. He's just strong. I think it's just a lot to be said. Mentally strong people. Yeah, that's go. what I like. There you oh, go. that's what I like about him. Yeah, there you go. What say,
0: are you, wait, what yeah. were you about to say?
1: What are you doing? Are you are you doing a program?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm I'm following. Um, <sighs> so I, I found this guy on social media. He has a program, uh, like a training app called like Train Heroic. Um, but I really like it because it's 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 different. So it's like it's 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 almost it's weird. It's like it's like heavy compound lifts mixed with like bodybuilding mixed with like CrossFit. So it's like mm. it's like a weird thing. But it's like conditioning stuff, but also like strength lifts. But I love it because every three weeks, like it's a whole new cycle. Yeah. So I It's like I usually work out like we probably like yeah. I usually work out five days a week, but each week, every every three weeks, it's like new completely new lift so one week it might be heavy front squat so then maybe it's like lighter front squats with bands then maybe it's a back squat or a um you know a box like a box squat kind of stuff so i really like it just for like the the differentiation of it of like because i can get super like mundane with stuff but like if i follow the same thing for you know two yeah. months or three months i kind of just get bored so I'm, I, i've yeah. been yeah i've been following his name's jason brown he has a training app called train heroics i've been, I've been following him because i just i like the just a variation of stuff that he kind of does and the conditioning mixed with some of the strength stuff, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not training for anything right now. I'm just, just yeah. working out for, just for kicks and giggles.
1: Well, you did that. You did that five mile. I attempted it. Walk. Yeah, I attempted well, it. Well, I'm going to say you did it, I but, attempted it, but thank yeah, you. Yeah. You got, it was very impressive results. No, but are you looking at something else?
0: No, I'm just, I mean, I'm not right now, especially just with us about to have the baby. I'm not, I'm not really yeah. thinking about anything.
1: Do you meal prep? Like, what do you do in the kitchen? No, I, mean, you, I don't.
0: I don't. I don't. I don't do
1: anything nutritionally. You don't protein count. You don't take protein shakes or try. No. I mean, I protein? drink protein
0: shakes, but I'm not like counting the macros in it. And like, you know, yeah. if I have this much protein, that means I didn't have this many carbs. I don't. You hey, you 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 saw me. You, you had you had a front row seat there my sophomore year. That that was not that was not fun.
1: You've always had you've always had a. Uh you know but i'll say this you've always had incredible genetics you know yeah. big chan he's he he passed down some real genetics to two boys because yeah. i mean you always had when we'd work out in, in sophomore year and junior year you know you were always bigger than every one of us so yeah
0: but, but i'm so much bigger now than i was then though
1: well yeah from a strength yeah, was- standpoint
0: but but yeah but no, i'm saying like sophomore year like you just saw like just the slippery slope of like you get some physique in your head and you want to try to achieve that then it's like well here's what you do it's like you work out this much time then you work out this many days a week then you eat chicken broccoli brown rice broccoli Mm -hmm. whatever like yeah sweet potatoes like just the unhealthy habits of it and and like i said that's for for other people that's you know that's fine but for me that just i just didn't really that was not for me well and
1: you know you love food so much
0: that's true i do i do love food too much so
1: <laughs> i just think about you all the time because you would eat food way faster than anybody else just you would eat a pancake in two bites like that a true. large pancake
0: i could do that oh that's hilarious i could do that sage man well thanks so much for joining me dude i really i really love having you and just reliving a lot of our f- fun silly stupid but also uh, you know, really cool, powerful moments that we got to share on in college. Because I do, I do think it's cool, like, when you look back and you have a balance of, like, yeah, like, there's some stupid stuff in there, but if you, if the overarching theme of everything is, you know, what God did in our lives and the dumb stuff that we did, but we learned from, you know, we learned from it, we we we, we took from it. I really think it's special to look back and, you know, see what God did in our lives in college. And I'm super grateful that we were able to live together for two of those years and, uh, you know, just sharp iron sharpening iron and grateful to know you grateful that we're friends and love you and hope to see you again soon
1: yeah no well thank you so much for having me here i mean it's i think it's awesome i'm just really honored to be a part of 48 men i think it's such a cool thing and i i really hope that uh i hope that this thing explodes and it goes oh, huge. Come on. You,
0: you're gonna you're gonna help it explode with this episode
1: well thank you thank you for having me and i, I love you and i'm, I'm yeah, thankful brother. for our friendship so
0: love you too man so thankful for you this was awesome